Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3. While you're turning there, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, just a quick recap. Last week, we covered the first two chapters of Ezra, uh, chapters 1 and 2. Uh, the focus of those chapters was uh, the return to Israel. Cyrus, the king of Persia, uh, made a decree to allow them to return. Uh, we discovered that through the prophets of Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Daniel, uh, that this return would occur after the 70 years in exile in Babylon. And every single verse that we see in chapters 1 and chapter 2 is like a hammer to a nail that is securing the truth that God is always faithful to keep his word. There is, in our culture today, just from watching that video, we understand that our culture has a difficult time defining hope, defining exactly what hope is. As Christians, we want to make sure that our understanding of hope is a, is a biblical understanding of hope. In fact, it made God's top three list, abide in these, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, and, and we, we need to define those well. And our culture doesn't define any of those well. But when we think about specifically hope, we know that it has something to do with the future. But for Christians, it's, it's not just wishful thinking. It really is a confident expectation. It's a confident expectation that God is faithful to keep his word. Therefore, we can be confident and have hope in the future. The Bible has been telling us a narrative of the gospel the gospel has four themes. We see them behind me. Uh, we see them on our way in. Uh, creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. And we see it over and over throughout the scriptures. We know that the scriptures begin with creation. begins with this idea that we were created in God's image. And there's a lot that that involves. But of this we can be certain. The New Testament says that at least in part that we were created to reflect the righteousness and holiness of God. That we were created in him for that purpose. The problem is we don't do a very good job of reflecting the goodness of God. We don't do a very good job of reflecting his holiness or his, his righteousness. And the reason is because of that second theme, the fall. That just as Adam and Eve sinned, we too sin. Uh, we have inherited a sin nature, and, and we also choose to sin. And that sin uh, just continues in our life and, and, and creates this terrible cycle. In fact, the only way to get out of that cycle is redemption. Now, for those in the Old Testament, there was these constant moments where God would redeem them, and then he would begin to restore them only for them to sin again and then need redemption again and then once again need restoration or seek restoration. So what we see throughout the Old Testament, and it's probably most obvious in the book of uh, First and Second Kings. In First and Second Kings, you see this cycle over and over and over where they sin against God, they repent, they, they feel remorseful, they cry out to God to save them, God redeems them and says, okay, I'm going to restore you. Only for a little time later, they do what? They sin, mess up, and the cycle starts over again. 
So we see that cycle over and over and over. But by the time we get to the Babylonian captivity, there is something stirring within the heart of God's people. They want to they break this terrible cycle. They see it happening. They see, they see it in their history. They see it and, and they understand that the reason that they are in exile is because they have sinned against God. And they're recognizing, too, that God is going to redeem them, and they recognize that God has already promised to restore them. But there was something different about this generation. Something changed with Ezra and Nehemiah and his generation. See, these prophets knew that even though God's people had failed miserably, that God had plans. God, in fact, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a letter specifically written to the people, the exiles in Babylon, saying that I have plans for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. But they knew that God had promised a new exodus, a new return from exile, a new covenant, a new conquest, a new David, a new experience in the Spirit, new hearts, and even a new Eden. So they were anticipating that. And they believed God to be faithful to his word. Well, this week I encourage you to read Ezra chapters 3 through 6. Today we're going to focus specifically on chapter 3, but I want you to read all the way from chapters 3 to 6 as all of them focus on the restoration of the temple. So with that in mind, let's, let's begin with key point number one, and we'll unpack it from the scriptures. Key point number one is this. The foundation of personal worship is obedience to the Lord. The foundation of personal worship is obedience to the Lord. Let's pick up at verse 1. And when the seventh month had come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered together as one man to Jerusalem. Then Yeshua, the son of Hotzadak, and his brethren, the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, and his brethren, arose and built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of, the man of God. Though fear had come upon them because of the people of those countries, they set the altar on its basis. And they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and the evening burnt offerings. They also kept the Feast of Tabernacles, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings in the number required by the ordinance for each day. Afterwards, they offered the regular burnt offering and those for new moons and for all the appointed feasts of the Lord that were consecrated. And those of everyone who willingly offered a freewill offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. Although the foundation of the temple of the Lord had not been laid, they also gave money to the, re the masons and the carpenters, and food, drink, and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre to bring cedar logs from Lebanon to the sea, to Joppa, according to the permission which they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. 